Bandwagon Nerds is taped in front of a live studio audience. Again, fellow basement dwellers, this is your good friend Patrick O'Dowd welcoming you into another edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Bandwagon Nerds is part of the ChairShot Radio Network here on thechairshot.com where we remind you to always use your head. Thechairshot.com, always use your head. And we are here with a very special, I'm going to call it OG edition of the bandwagon because at this point pc tunny you are you are an og bandwagoner at this point you've been on enough episodes that i am comfortable enough saying you're an og bandwagoner so how does it feel to be an og <laughs> good and bad i mean you're, i already know it's, so it's the first day of football season as we record here so i know you got like five other screens going right now um there's three and my phone and another website up right now but my attention's on the show the packers don't play till later so there you go and i I said good and bad because good because yes great show you know the original reason i stuck around every week is because i had nothing going on i just want to listen to the show and now i get to learn more stuff and participate in everything so i love it um this is the best probably the best show on on our network so it's great to be a part of and bad because it makes me feel old oh shucks but we are old. In fact, we we are we the three of us as a, as a unit, though not as old as the lawyer himself, David Ungar, who uh, the other OG, the the OG of OGs here on the bandwagon. Welcome to the program. Late night last night for you, uh, coming into Saturday into Sunday as you experienced uh, Six Flags' opening night of Fright Fest, and you were saying there were some hiccups. Sorry to sorry to hear about the hiccups. Yeah, I mean it, they opening night you didn't expect it to go well off without a hitch, and uh, they need to tweak some things. And it's you know it's not even October yet, so I give them I give them a pass on that. But did get to ride the uh, new Wonder Woman roller coaster, which is pretty crazy and intense. My back is not happy. Oh, that's with cool. Me. Not happy with me. I saw I saw the photo of that. Now is that a standard sitting? Sitting in a car sort of roller coaster, or is it one of those weird like Superman deals where you're like laying out and no, all that? No, you you sit in it. It's it's interesting because it's like one it, there. It's like one seat per like row, and it's all single file, and and the thing never stops. So it's kind of like like you know like if you go haunted mansion, the people move the way that you kind of get on while it's still moving. It moves slow. 
you know, so they give you a chance to get on. But I, I don't think I've been on a roller coaster where, you know, most of them get to the top of the hill at the crest and they kind of slow down for a second to make you think about it. This one accelerates over the crest. And I mean, you're off your seat the entirety of the ride. So it's pretty crazy stuff. Good. So other than you being old and it giving you back problems, uh, it was a good ride. Oh, it's a great ride. Yeah. Fantastic. Ride. Right. I definitely highly okay. recommend if you can get out here. I think, uh, that was the roller coaster that set the record for magic mountains. Now got 20. They're the first park with 20 coasters in it. That's my goodness. And that half is of them, at of least coasters. half of them are world-class craziness. Yeah. The, the roller coaster enthusiast does enjoy going to magic mountain. I've heard nothing but good things about that. So let me full disclosure audience. I got a, I got a lot going on today as we record. So first of all, uh, I think I'm coming down with something. I, I don't know what, uh, a little bit of a, a little bit of a cold, not the COVID. I've tested negative so far, but you know it's early. It's early. We'll see. Uh, just a, just a little scratchy throat so far. So we'll we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, and then I'm a little disjointed. I literally just rolled into the basement studio 15 minutes before the podcast. I uh, I was at a bowling tournament today. Did a how, did a charity that, bowling go, man. I did not. So there is no better lesson in humility than participating in a bowling tournament. Uh, and to say that, so you bowl three games to say that my first two games were not, well, were not good would be an understatement as uh, I averaged around a 190, 190 to 200. And I shot a 148 my first game and a 159 my second game. Third game, I shot a 207, and it's like, this is the other thing that's cruel about bowling, is bowling is also really good at being like, well, you could do this, but this is what you're going to do, and, and that's what happened is I did that, but on the bright side, I did win, uh, I won some meat from, from a meat market, uh, yeah, I know, I got my entry, I got, basically, I got my entry free back in meat from from this from this bowling tournament, which was which was exciting, I guess. Now, Tony, you appear to have questions. You're you're kind of person you're listening. So you there, so, so you have a twenty five dollar gift card for the meat factory where you basically for the meat, yes. So I, I God, what are you gonna get? I, I hopefully at least a couple of good steaks. Like I, I haven't had some good high quality steaks on the grill all summer. It's just not been that kind of been that kind of summer for me. So to be able to go pick some stuff out, uh basically going to make it a meat gift from me to me as uh, i'm like arby's i have the meats i'm very excited to have the meats gonna eat enough meat to get meat sweats that's the goal but uh was that's all and and i got a free t-shirt like went went to a bowling t-shirt got uh our bowling tournament got a t-shirt and meat that's uh 25 bucks will buy you a meat gift to yourself yeah 25 bucks will buy you a good ribeye the rest of your family they're on their own man it's it's they don't like steak anyway like who cares i'm going i'm going steak night i'm going to eat it right steak is such a treat it is the world's best meat therefore i'm okay with it gonna eat it right it's gonna be great so here's the thing about this show as i was hoping for an asap mitchell uh, but Aesop Mitchell, Mitchell is uh, no showing more than Sid Justice did in 1999. And so not on the show. No Ray Cash this week as well. He couldn't make it. I know I got I was a little, little bit of a burn. I practiced that one in front of the mirror. He's but uh, he, he is. He's he's a he's a heel, as they say. 
But D23 happened this weekend. It's over. Disney dropping all kinds of news that that we're going to going to try to cover the highlights because if you wanted Marvel news, we got you got some Marvel news. If you wanted Star Wars news and Lucasfilm news, you got tons of Star Wars and Lucasfilm news. If you just wanted news about their properties and let's talk we're going to talk a little bit about nostalgia in high gear on the Disney front. At least out of D23 like the stuff that they announced. And we're we're not even going to talk about some of the trailers that came late in the day on Saturday because they they just kept going like the the Marvel and Star Wars panels ended and I kind of just shut my brain off but like Ray Cash who's not on the show today like he just kept tweeting us trailers and news and he was very busy and uh, I left because remember when we said we were going to like live stream us following along with uh, D23 news I think we could all agree here at this bandwagon we, we were never going to do that. The amount of things Dre dropped into the Twitter DM, I'm like getting done with golf, going over to the banquet tables after grabbing my food and sitting down. And I'm like, oh, I'm just going to scroll through this quick, quick. No, no, that went on for a long time. A lot of great info, though. My favorite part was at the very end of Ray's DM thread where he, he posts like, this is what we got to talk about with Marvel. It was like 20 things. And I, and I just I, I got to I was like, yeah, we're not doing that. Like at all. Like, no, it's adorable. You think we could even do like that? We talk too much as nerds anyway to, to think that we're going to go through every single bullet point that that happened at D23. We're going to try to hit some highlights and we are going to, you know, we're going to do a segment on Star Wars and we're going to do a segment on Marvel and we're going to do a segment on not Star Wars or Marvel. That's that's basically our show. And we're not going to go to the trailer park this week. Because we're just going to talk about the trailers as they fall in the sections that we have them divided up. So no, no banjos this week, none of that. And yeah, I'm sorry. Take the put put the banjo away. Steve Martin will come back next week. Uh, Tony will come back next week. It'll be very exciting. He's retiring, by the way, Steve Martin. So I don't know who becomes America's foremost banjo player after Steve Martin retires from from performance. It's, it's Ray, I'm a little sad about probably that. Probably Ray or Tony. Yes, with their verbal banjo. Honestly, I should probably I should trade in one of my guitars for a banjo. I never play the guitar. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah. Then you then if you did that, by the way, I would allow PC Tunny to play that <laughs> real banjo as part of the show <laughs> instead of Dave playing the recorded beautiful banjo. That would be fine. All all I heard is no self made um, you know, sound drops. That's all I heard there. That's a rule here apparently. Oh, okay. Well, no, no, I, I, do, I did not. I, I prefer the non vocal. I'm a dictator. It's, it's well known. Like I rule with an iron fist. Apparently, like there, you know, like that. Uh yeah. So, lots to talk about with D23. But before we even get to D23, uh, we got to talk about episode eight of Umbrella Academy. Now, Tony has already shared that he has watched the entire series, and now it all blurs together. So, this is really going to be Tony reacting to Dave and I talking about what we saw in episode eight and not to toot my own horn, but I did call this episode for what it was. This was an interlude episode with a big kind of mystery reveal at the end and some progress, how uh, progress made late as we learn a lot about the, uh, the hotel and that uh, our, our boy Hargreaves built 
this hotel for the express purpose of going into this other dimension. Uh, but the lion's share of this episode, and Dave, I'll let you chime in after I, after I say this, the lion's share of this episode was really about the, the wedding and bringing the sparrows and the umbrellas a little bit closer together as a, as a, as a unit, maybe not completely a familial unit. Uh, you know, Reginald even is, is involved in, in some of this as well. Outside of Victor and Allison and, and their irreconcilable differences, it would appear, this was all about preparing for the big finish in the next episode or two. Yeah, I think um, it was most, it was, well, yeah, the wedding was the centerpiece for uh, kind of getting, I mean, well, Sloan's already a part of the family. Ben kind of coming to terms with that. He really does want to belong to something more than just, you know, billboards and, and, and souvenirs and merch, you know, that sort of thing. And, and him kind of being feeling left out of the whole bachelor party, which, you know, umbrella Academy karaoke for the win. That was kind of fun, but uh, it was fun. It was adorable. It was fun. It was fun. And I, I think, yeah, it was, it was mostly just, I think interludes a good way to put it. You know, you've got, you could see the hotel oblivion is like the only thing left standing at the end of oblivion funny play on words right but uh yeah i I thought i thought the wedding was was uh it was really fun it was cool it was uh good to see luther and sloan kind of have their moment everybody just tying one on and kind of trying to have some sense of normalcy with the uh you know the end of everything swirling around them and yeah you've got klaus being the uh the diplomat kind of bringing his his dad into the whole situation and being more accepted like diego kind of sort of accepts him a little bit five not so much but you know that's that's five thing and then yeah you get the reveal at the end and it's like who is reginald cutting a deal with i know and a very drunk five to to witness that by the way i would like to walk back on my dead people predictions um i'm thinking sloan is in trouble maybe not dead but I think that uh, I think that we're losing Sloan in some way, shape, or form because of Luther's speech, where he talks about all he's wanted was this moment. Now it could be your prediction, Dave, that Luther's out, but something's happening to that couple, and they ain't staying together. That is my new bold prediction heading into the last two episodes of this season. So, yeah, we also Tony with you know, the poker the face. Other- I think the other really nice thing about this episode is that we did get a very good moment between Diego and Lila as well, where he he finally admits that he loves her, that he wants their child to be born and he wants to be a father, and that his whole reluctance to be a part of the the wedding and the bachelor party in any way, shape, or form is because he just wants to spend time with Lila. And that's that's meaningful. And then the other thing that I thought was just great is five finally being like, you know what? I, my dead self said, don't save the world. So nothing else has worked. Let's not save the world. Yeah, I you know, it's five's an interesting character in this whole thing, having that kind of precognition, even if it's not. But uh, knowing what his what his future self tells him to do and saying, you know, let's. They are right. Everything else that they've tried has failed and failed miserably. So why just sit back and let it happen? Um, there was like the stuff at the beginning where they uh, 
Hargreaves sends a, a f- team of assassins, mercenaries, into the pachinko room white buffalo thing to kill them all, and kind of the opposite happens. And you get, I don't know, and I mean, it's not a cockroach. That was a flashback, right? Yeah, it's a flashback. Not a cockroach yes. crawling out of their mouth. Some sort of bug that Hargreaves killed. Which, which you then see later in the episode while Luther and Sloan are eating. Yeah, and let me say... Let me say this. I did, before I had finished the series, while I was still up to date, say that there was something to these cockroaches. Because what I specifically mentioned was the episode where uh, Diego and Lila went into the door looking for the kid. They squished one there while there was already had been one squished on the other side. So, Right. And I mean, you know, what they always say at the end of everything, the only thing that's going to survive are cockroaches. And here we are. At the end of everything, well, the only thing running these around. Me spe- these, these do definitely strike me as special cockroaches. Yes. Yeah, I mean, if there can be such a thing, then yes. I mean, they're like extra planar interdimensional cockroaches, man. You can, you can like kill them and eat them in Fallout 76. I mean, that's, that's kind of a thing. But anyway, I digress. You do digress. The other, the other thing about this, there really isn't much to, in my opinion, this episode, not much to take away from 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 this other than w- who did 5c who's in the room with hargreaves who do you think is in the room with reginald hargreaves at the end dave Tony already knows the answer to the question so we can't ask him uh i probably the handler maybe that that'd be my guess somebody from the commission or that or pogo um maybe i don't know that's that's a tough one maybe it's somebody <laughs> so, that they we we're not even pogo, pogo would, wouldn't surprise me or it could be maybe Allison. it's fi- maybe it's five his older self, older five out there. Maybe that's something, but I, I don't know. That's uh, Allison would be an interesting choice, but it's it's a big mystery. I'm sure we'll find out next week. Hopefully, I'm sure we will too. Let me ask you guys a question then, since there wasn't a lot to take away from here, except right, for it being for except for me for it being. I thought it was one of the funnest episodes that they've had in the entire run of the series. I enjoyed this episode so much. I, well, everything runs together because I went ahead and I had to watch it. I remember just enjoying this fucking episode. Now, maybe as a viewer too, you also go, well, this is going to be the last fun thing before the end of the world. So I thought it was really well done and I enjoyed it. And I can tell you guys that it's a great way to get you into the last two episodes. Yeah, I I would agree that structurally for for the for the season, this this sort of episode makes a lot of sense and is something you see on tele, like on on shows a lot. Like it's to steal from Lord of the Rings, it's the deep breath before the plunge. And this is catch your breath from everything that's gone on up to this point. We're going to give you this episode that has a lot of elements of fun, it has heart like I would argue that this is an episode that has a lot of heart to it. Um, we still recognize conflicts that are in existence. Uh, I, you know, one of the other moments that we didn't even talk about was that that I love and has just continued to show how well I think Umbrella Academy has handled this character. Luther asking Victor to be his best man, and and you know, and just seeing uh, Elliot Page play that so tremendously well in how he is you can just see it deeply touched him to be asked and that luther 
saw that much in in um, in Victor to to pick because you think it'd be you, you know you think it'd be like a Diego or you know even even a Klaus probably not a five but you definitely like I don't know that I would have thought Victor but the fact that he asked Victor and Victor and, and Elliot Page's reaction as Victor to play that I thought was just tremendous I thought it was so good. Yeah, I agree. That was that was really cool. I, I the other moment I really like is um Klaus and Ben's relationship at the end. I mean, they're hammered, yes, but they're arm right. in arm with each other and it is it is now Klaus and their Ben in a tangible form at the end of this thing. I mean, that's that's the Ben that Klaus knew and loved and is and yeah, I know he's drunk and hammered, but I I thought that's kind of nice to see them together and and it gives you hope maybe maybe there's something that can become that can come of this even though they're in separate timelines. Who knows? But I thought that was kind of heartwarming. And like I said, interlude, a lot of heartwarming moments, a lot of let's feel good about this because we know the last two episodes are, are going to be likely difficult. Absolutely. And I think they're going to need that. They needed to be brought together so that they can face whatever it is they're about to face. So, all right. Excellent. Excellent. We know that next week we are probably going to get to enjoy shit hitting all of the fans. As we as we deal with these next two episodes, like these next two episodes, there's a lot that needs to happen. And so I think it's perfectly fine that we have a shorter rundown uh, of episode eight, knowing that nine and ten, we're probably going to have a lot more to talk about. And I think that with D23 being this week, the calendar actually worked out kind of well that I, I could see us having a bit more to talk about when it comes to D23 news. So with that. We're going to go ahead and take our first commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about D23 news that was not Star Wars or the MCU. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the ChairShot Radio Network, part of the ChairShot.com. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. Okay, welcome back, everybody, here to Bandwagon Nerds. Again, this is an OG edition with the, the OGs of the bandwagon holding the fort down. D23 started on... Thursday, Thursday with Disney Plus Day, and then sort of rolled into Friday and Saturday with the big news days uh, shortly thereafter. Friday being the non-Star Wars and MCU announcements, and I highlighted three that were from, or two that were actually from, like, not Lucasfilm, but I did include two of the Lucasfilm announcements that happened on Saturday with this group because I think there's just so much like Star Wars and, and MCU just are so much their own animals. I wanted to make sure we give them their time and their space. And the first thing that happened, and we we keep talking, we I feel like this is just such a redundant like time is a flat circle, and we keep going back to similar stuff. But D23 revealed their first teaser trailer of the live-action remake of, of their classic, The Little Mermaid. And we get our first look at Haley. Is it Haley 
Halle Bailey, because it's not Halle Berry, but if you read it wrong, you see it's Halle Berry, but it's it's like Haley Bailey. I, I I don't know the young woman's name. What I do know is that it is a black woman playing Ariel, and that white people are once again pissed off for no reason because they're stupid and racist. And white people stop being racist. How hard? It's a fucking mermaid. Like how hard is this to figure out? It doesn't matter. Can the girl sing? That's what I want to know. And you know what the answer to that question is? If you watch the trailer, yes, the girl can sing. So you know what? Don't be racist. It's fine. It's fine. It's a mermaid. It's a mermaid. Other than that, the trailer tells you absolutely nothing. You just hear part of part of your world. You see, you know, quotes and stuff. You like, you see some some mystery. Little. You see like shadows of flounder um, and some other characters. But Tony, I'll start with you. Other than telling white people not to be racist over over the Little Mermaid, what do you think of this live action trailer? And again, I don't think this is a I don't think this is a movie for for our generation. I you know it's interesting that you're. I think it transcends generations whether or not you're a fan of the way Disney tells stories. And the Little Mermaid is a classic story that Disney tells and. I'm always interested to see the different remakes of different things. Uh, I, I mean, as far as like animated things go, the little mermaid brought forth a whole bunch of other animated movies that were underwater. Um, it just doesn't have to always involve the human element, but it always does because they're talking, right? So we're already putting you on a fantasy world and fantasy land. It's whether or not you can suspend your disbelief. And the easier you can do that, the more you're just going to enjoy uh, you know, content that that you're consuming. I love the trailer. I think she can sing. Halle Bailey sounds phenomenal to me, and she looks great. And it looks great the way they did it. And more so than, I, I'm not worried about her performance. She looked phenomenal as a mermaid. Uh, she sounded great. Uh, the the visually, it was excellent. I think this is something I could see in 3D. Uh, obviously, you knew I was going to go there, but. I can't wait to see who is going to be the voices of all the non-human elements of the Little Mermaid. And I think that interaction being a little more realistic and you just, you know, how, how much can you let yourself go into the story? Because I'll tell you what, it looks like it's going to be really good. Dave, okay, go ahead. Your thoughts. Um, well, anybody who's listened to this show for any length of time knows I'm not a fan of the uh, the live action remakes of the animated classics. Because, yeah, like you're saying, Pat, it's not made for our generation or mine specifically. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I mean, yeah, the trailer looks fine. I, I mean, it looks like another, like the, all the, all the live action remake trailers have looked pretty good, you know, that sort of thing. But um, yeah, I, I shudder to think how badly this is going to be review bombed when it comes out, because we've got a black girl playing a mermaid. It's, it's, it's Isn't ridiculous. that the problem now though? It's already taken over like an aspect of, this show as a, as part and i'm not like bitching about it i know we got to talk about everything but isn't that the problem like we just keep talking about it like what if we just fucking ignore the idiots and just keep going on about our you know what i'm saying and i know that's like a perfect world and everything but sometimes that might be the only secret sauce you got i my only pushback to that and this is absolutely something i believe i believe ignoring it is part of the problem uh i believe not calling it out is part of the problem and, and i i really do I I get it. I argue with this with Greg all the time. 
Greg DeMarco. I, I believe we have a platform and a place to talk about just recognizing wrong is wrong. And this is wrong. You know what I mean? No, and that's, so that's I, my, I, I guess that's my side. I of don't, it. no, no, I don't disagree with that at all. I think there's a point to where you need to step up and say something. And there's always, to me, I think a big weapon and what I'm trying to say is, and obviously this is all depends on the level and everything else and, and when you, and how much, and how much you got to keep doing it and things of that nature. But like, to me, like, I think a big weapon is what I'm saying is not giving it credence. Sure. No, I, I understand that. I understand that point uh, as well. I, uh, and I, I also like trying to just sort of discredit the notion. And I, I don't even want to talk about the review bombing part anymore. Like the review bombing one isn't particularly new. It's just gaining a new level of attention because of the, uh, I guess re- it just is, it seems like it's gained this, this steam recently where it's not it's not only like sort of the overt stuff it's also like people trying to argue the whole like true to the literature sort of thing why and like those and those bits and, and and trying to disguise what their real problem is hiding behind what they think the author's intent was and you know and i think tolkien's a good example of that even and i've even said like that dude you know he had his issues when it came to Jewish people. Uh, but he was also pretty adamantly against Nazis. So even as he stereotyped Jews, he never was like, yay, Hitler. Uh, that was never, that was like never a thing. And, you know, when, it, when you look at a lot of this stuff where it's like, fantastic, like that there's a Facebook group that is just there to be mad about a black woman being Ariel. Like one, what are you doing? Like how sad is your life? And, and, how you're spending it that you would put forward the energy to, See, to put that out there. That's the, that's like, that's where we meet. That's where we can meet in the middle here maybe and be like, all right, you know what? In general, we're going to tell you that, that this is even though you shouldn't have to be told this people, but we're going to come out. No, you should. Right. We're going to come out and we're going to take our stance and we're going to say it well and, and with the right intentions and properly and everything else. But at the same time, like, like if you went out and specifically talked about this Facebook group, you know, specific mentions to shit shouldn't happen. But at the same time, the overall standing up for what you believe in, I completely agree with. So I guess that's kind of where I was to clarify my point. And Dave, you, you brought this all up where I kind of went off a little bit. Well, let me, you know me, what? This is me, important to us. So go ahead. Let me ask you guys this, because this is something I noticed about the trailer. Do you consider them giving her red hair placating? some of these people who are out there bitching about all this stuff because you know, it's like, okay, well, I, I mean, I guess that's possible, but, and I don't know, maybe I'm reading too much into that, but when I looked at it, I said, okay, that's interesting. She's got red hair. That's cool. But you think, are they throwing this, these groups of bone or what do you think of that? No, because black people have red hair too. And, and so we have to start with that. Like, I don't, you know, I don't know. As, as I'm now actually actively looking to see, you know, what she, you know, who she is or, you know, what, what her natural hair color is. It, it's really irrelevant. I don't know if you call it placating. Uh, I don't think it is. I think it's more of that. It's just part of the, like, that's part of the character they created. They gave her. I don't you know. know. I just wanted to throw that out to you guys. No, sure. I, I, and you know, and I think that 
I, my instinct is no. This wasn't some placation to make them happy. Tony's noncommittal. I, oh, I, I, I agree. I agree with what you guys are saying. I think it's ridiculous that people are right. so fucking short-sighted and narrow-minded. I agree. Here's the other thing, and I didn't talk about some of the other. I'm gonna move. I'm gonna move on from the Little Mermaid. I didn't talk about a couple of the other announcements, but nostalgia is like in with with the Disney properties uh, and some of the other trailers that that came out. Uh, you know, we got Disenchanted. We got the, the the Enchanted sequel. This like this movement of making sequels like 20 years later, 10, 20 years later, continues. And I didn't mention Disenchanted, but I did want to note the announcement from Pixar. That Inside Out 2 is coming. Amy Poehler is back. It will continue to follow the character Riley, obviously, because Joy was part of, you know, as part of Riley's psyche. But it's Riley as a teenager. I loved Inside Out. Like, loved Inside Out to the point where, like, I got emotional watching it at the, at the end when, when sort of just the way that that movie spoke to young children and not even young children, but like, you know, kids that, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11 years old, like the junior high age who are, you know, who are going through a, a, like a transition in life. And, and just the way that, that, that movie explained emotion in a way that was just very easy for, for any kid to understand, I thought was uh, amazing. And Yet I, I don't know why I have mixed feelings about now doing it again with Riley as a teenager. And I don't know if it's because in the first movie it's because Riley like damn near runs away from home before like changing her like like how extreme is the the hormonal teenager emotion thing going to be and, and how far is that going to take Riley? Uh, or if I just don't know that it's a sequel I felt needed to happen. I get why it would happen. It's going to make money. It's going to do quite well. But uh, I was surprised that the announcement happened and that we're going forward. Dave, uh, I'll start with you this time. Tony, Tony kicked off the Little Mermaid. Your thoughts and reactions to Inside Out 2 being announced, knowing that Amy Poehler's back, and that we are apparently going to get more emotions as Riley as a teenager. I think this is another one of these, Pat. Honestly, this isn't for my generation because my kids are all older and growing up and i think i saw inside out and i appreciated it and i liked it but it probably doesn't mean the same as it to me as it does to like someone like you with a with a, a younger much younger child and, and that sort of thing but um i i know that it was it was critically acclaimed what i saw of it what i recall of it i enjoyed it you know it's not like high on my list of disney classics and that sort of thing but i, I appreciated the movie and what they're trying to tell you the message that they're trying to give you is 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 so important to kids nowadays uh, absolutely you know to just kind of make them aware of of you know all these conflicting things that are going on inside them and to put it in a way that it's animated like that um yeah i you know if they can pull it off i, I mean i i defer to you guys as to you know whether this should be done or not um but more power to them sorry i can't be more articulate <laughs> i you want a og tony moment <laughs> Because here it comes, vintage Tony. Uh, didn't see the first one. Won't see the second one. Glad you like it. I'm gonna grab a beer. There you go. That's why we have him on the program. Everyone is for moments like that. It's like Monty for Major League, right? 
I, I think Inside Out is a little... I, I actually think it's underrated by this show. I think that I'm the only one who really ba- has banged the drum over Inside Out. I think that it is... I just think it's terrific for any... One, I think it's terrific for any parent. Uh, any parent to to be able to have something to help connect with their kids uh, and help find... Like, I remember my coworker, one of my coworkers, they have a have a daughter that was about Riley's age and they were like, they were moving to a a new, I don't know if they were moving to a new town or just a new home, but that brought out a lot of feelings for the two of them that they, you know, they were able to like sort of talk about and share. So it's, it's been very, uh, it was, I think, I feel it was a very good movie. I am interested uh, if they put the kind of care and work into making this movie that they did for the first one, because they did work with a lot of like child psychologists, child development professionals to put this movie together and and make the subject matter, something that was palatable for children to, to be able to see and follow and understand. I thought that was, that was a good, good move. So I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, Obviously we'll learn more as, as time goes on. But let's get to our second trailer in the not Star Wars or MCU news that we gathered from D23. Um, and I'll share. This one's all about my interest, guys, because I'm here for this Willow series. I loved the Willow movie as as a youngster. Still love watching it today. Saw that we had another trailer, one that gives a lot more information as to just what's going to happen. To see the woman who's playing Sorsha is back, reprising her role was nice. Still waiting on Val Kilmer. I've heard he's involved in some way, shape, or form with this series. Now, whether that's an appearance or in some other way, we don't know. But loved what I saw here. Saw a lot of fantasy elements that are still fun which is what really made willow kind of enjoyable to me was that it was a fun fantastical element kevin pollack back as his character as well the the brownie i can't remember the brownie's name but um that was that was a good good little moment it sounds like we're gonna see like a brownie village which which is cool so willow new trailer uh coming to disney plus in november tony it's your turn to go first Makes this a lot easier when there's only three of you. It's, it's easier to keep track of who went first, last, but don't change. None of, that matter. none of that matters. You skipping this one too? No, no, no. None of that matters. That the the the, the order in which you throw it to us, it doesn't doesn't fucking matter. Um, I think. But I yes, Joanne Wally is back. Um, uh, Warwick Davis is back as well. I seen the original in the movie theater. Uh, within the last year, I've watched the movie since um i love that fucking movie i think warwick's role and portrayal in that first movie is epic like i'm so blessed to have seen a lot of these 80s movies between my dad and my grandparents always being big fans of going out to the movie theater like my grandparents never owned a vcr they died like in their early 70s but that was like right around the turn of the millennium between like 2000 so people weren't living as long so they had a good long life and they were able to go do things as much as they could and they always said we'll get a vcr when we're not physically able 
to go to the movie theater. So I seen this one in the movie theater. It's a great movie. If you've never seen it, definitely watch it before you get to this. It looks like this is going to be a lot cleaner, a lot sharper. Um, obviously, it's 40 years later-ish. So I can't wait. I can't wait. I'll say this. The, the trailer makes me definitely want to go back and watch Willow since I haven't seen it in so long. And I, I know it's a movie that I enjoyed. Um, you know, it came out during the era when, you know, I was honestly interested in other stuff that was going on at that point in time, movie wise. But this trailer is so good and it, it has that cinematic feel to it that it makes me want to go back and rewatch Willow to get ready for yet another series that is on my list of things that I have to absolutely watch. Um, so that's kind of the best best compliment I can give to it. If it's a trailer that either gets somebody interested for the very first time in the property or rekindles somebody's interest, then they have done their job and done it very well. So yeah, I'm I'm in on this one. Excellent. It's funny you mentioned sort of the feel of the trailer, Dave. I, we haven't really talked about this when it comes to streaming series, but or maybe we have and we haven't. The look of the the need for good cgi on a series like this is, is imperative and you can see the difference if anybody's watched the lord of the rings series on amazon and just how much money no you saw power of the rings you didn't watch rings of power according to the dm chat <laughs> so the, the um, he-man version of the uh, lord of the rings series you yes. only need one order of onion rings people only one those onion rings of power sure didn't help you very much. Anyway, <laughs> the look and the amount of money and care that they put into each and every one of these Lord of the Rings episodes, they, they look fucking phenomenal. You compare that to, and I hate to say it because I really enjoy this show, She-Hulk still got some issues. Like, like she, it does. But and here's the thing. is it's the, it's the titular character that that is a little bit of a problem. Like she looks kind of fakey and listen, I'm listening. You can, if you can have interaction like you have between Wongers and Madison, you don't need that kind of shit. Okay. (laughs) Why, but not where you think it is. I guess this could be the 30 seconds we talk about She-Hulk to keep it going, but let me tell you, the fact that she ruined every fucking major television show from the last couple decades for him is one of the most hilarious things I've ever seen in a Marvel streaming series. It, it was very, very funny that and the, that the fact that they're like couch buddies watching these shows together is, is also hilarious. Is the little sort of the, the, the screen tag to kind of wrap up the episode is good. Do you got any vodka, Wongers? Mm-hmm. <laughs> So anyway, I am with you guys, though. Like, I think that this looks Willow back to Willow. Willow done like the series looks terrific. And my point is, is that this the, the quality of effects looks very strong for this series. And I think that's a good thing. Something we could cover, maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll have to see. We got to get through Lock and Key next. So oh, November yeah. 30th, though. I know, sad for you. We've been seeing it through. We're seeing it through. Last season of Lock and Key after this. So I'm, I'm, I'm I haven't watched any out. yet. That's good. That's good. It's because you don't want to watch any, but that's beside the point. <laughs> oh, you've made your feelings on Lock and Key well known. After pushing us to watch to watch that season one, and, and you're the, the season one was great. Of I can't disagree with season one was great. I do not disagree. Um, okay. 
I said this at the end of last week's show. I got my wish, kind of, because Indiana Jones 5, which does not have a title yet, other than Indiana Jones 5, did reveal footage at D23 that was exclusive to the people who attended D23. So, we got footage that I have an article, that I linked an article to y'all describing what we saw, what they saw, but the actual footage, and I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere. I'm sure some asshole videoed it and pirated it on on youtube i have not gone looking for it i have not watched it if if either of you have more power to you here's the thing we learned we learned so much one we learned officially officially this is it for harrison ford in the character uh we learned that he's very very proud of this and apparently broke down while talking about it with the audience Seems like Nazis are still in here somewhere, which you can't have Indiana Jones without Nazis. The only thing I, and I don't know, I haven't looked into the casting and maybe I just need to look into this. I need Karen Allen to be in this movie too. Uh, and if she's not, then, then I'll, I'll be sad. I'll be a sad panda, but I'm just, I'm happy. We got the footage. I'm happy. We got to, we got to see that this is, this is a thing. It is coming and it is happening. Dave, I know you were Indiana Jones day one ish. Um, just given your age and when that first movie came out, I'm sure I'm, I get you um, over there. I see what you're doing, Tony, waving, doing your Uso. I got it. Um, but Dave, your thoughts, uh, or maybe maybe it's more your thoughts in reading the description of the footage and your hopes for Indiana Jones five. Yeah, I I. I despise these guys for giving me hope you know after what happened with kingdom of the crystal skull and and when you read this article you have to be you have to be hopeful about it it's they are keenly aware of the disaster that indiana jones 4 was kingdom of the crystal skull and harrison ford it makes no qualms about it you can read between the lines reading his direct quotes he he realizes the gravitas of the situation to go out on a high note not that way and I think that's kind of where the emotion that you got from him. Um, it sounds like from the article that John Reese Davies is coming back as Sala. And that's kind of what triggers this one last adventure between Indy and Sala. And you've got a lot of these other characters that um, that are going to be there. It, it, it seems very encouraging. It, they look like they talked about some de-aging of, of Indy, which is, is almost necessary at this point. So I... That I'm very cautiously optimistic, Pat, and I, I, I suspect you feel the same way that it's like I, I don't want to hope, but I have to hope that they go somewhere in the right direction after the last one. And, and this article, it gives you that. So that's that's really important. Yeah, I want this to be good so badly. Like, I really do, because it's funny how one bad movie can really shake your faith in a franchise because the other three are all good films, you know, regardless how you feel about temple of doom and, you know, temple of doom seems to be polarizing to folks. I love temple of doom. I think it's great. Uh, right up there with the other two, but, uh, the crystal skull just with, with as ridiculous as it got at the end there, it, it did. It really, it left a sour taste in a lot of fans mouths and they want more for it. Tony, you, 
uh, your thoughts on the information we got from Indiana Jones 5, as it is currently known. You know, I'm just not a big fan of the franchise, honestly. I appreciate it. I know you're going to boom me. I'm just gonna. I'm just. I don't even blame you. Okay. I blame Ray. I blame Ray. Um, It's all good. (laughs) (laughs) No, I. I mean, I've seen. I've seen the Indiana Jones films and they're entertaining and everything. It's just not one of my favorite things. Um, I I'm, I hope they can wrap up the Indiana. Indy's a fucking one of the most iconic characters in movie history though. Right. So I do, I do wish for a, a very good ending for Harrison Ford inside of the franchise. I'll tell you that. Well, at least you spoke. And on that note, at least you uh, tried. By the way, if you haven't had a chance to see io9.com Gizmodo, they have a uh, nice little photo gallery of the costumes that were on display there. They look really, really cool. Uh, I'm hoping that 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 carries through as well. But, uh, yeah, the thing I love about Indiana Jones is that it's that high adventure thing. Like, that's what makes it fun. And, you know, Indiana Jones, archaeologist, trying to unravel the mysteries uh, of the mystery, like the ancient world while also fighting Nazis. Like just that's, that's how it should be kids. That's, that's what we need. And I just want them to deliver on that one last time before we retire. And for those of you who may be asking, no, I don't ever want or need a Chris Pratt led Indiana Jones series. Dave's shaking his head vigorously and Shia LaBeouf. Nope. Don't need you either. Don't need you swinging like a monkey on vines or nothing like that. Cause that was not good. Honey. How about number five as a young indie, the prequel series. Uh, Aiden well, Gallagher we got that could pull it off. Show. Aiden Gallagher could pull that off. <laughs> Maybe. What did you say? What did you say, Patrick? Well, we got young Indiana Jones as a, as a TV series, like back in the nineties, man, the young Indiana, Indiana Jones Chronicles. Big screen. Well, you're not going to go see it anyway. Probably won't be 3D hey, enough for you. So, so be- before we leave and go to Star Wars, I did. I posted something just now. D23 is still going on and <laughs> going on big time oh. right now. John Favreau and Kevin Feige both appeared for Disney Parks presentation. Uh, Cal Avengers Campus down here in Anaheim is announcing like a third ride that's going to be multiverse based. And there's a character called King Thanos. That's a little disturbing if you really think about it. But that. Looks like it's going to be cool. They're going to have Mando and an animatronic Grogu and Galaxy's Edge here in Anaheim. So it's like, yeah, you think it's over. And then you look at it and say, wow, Favreau and Feige are both on stage for Disney Parks presentation. That's that's Yeah, I mean, it's, cool. it's Parks. Like, uh, that's not what we do here on this show. Well, it's Often. Fun. That's not true. We both, we, we have about, done multiple you're, you're going in a couple months. We've done ride reviews on this show. Like, <laughs> I, I reviewed Rise of the Resistance for like 20 minutes. What I wrote That's it right. uh, three years as ago. As long as the ride was, you reviewed it. That's right. Hell yeah, I did. It was the greatest, greatest amusement park, theme park ride I've ever ridden in my entire life. Still, I I cried. 
not even ashamed to admit that I cried after it was over. It was so beautiful. Anyway, on that note, now that you've heard my theme park vulnerabilities laid out to the world, we're going to take our second commercial break. When we come back, we're going to get into the nerdiest parts of D23. And first up, we'll be talking Star Wars. That's right. All of the Star Wars news that we reacted to when we come back. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of thechairshot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Okay, welcome back. Rare episode of Bandwagon Nerds where we're going to have a third commercial break segment, Dave. Because I feel like we're going to dedicate a little bit of time to this next segment. And there's actually a, a fourth bullet that I feel sad that I left off. Partially because we've already talked about this show so far a couple times. But another trailer did drop a D23. Uh, but we're going to talk Star Wars. We got all kinds of Star Wars news that came out. Uh, of course, you know Dave Filoni was there talking, talking all the big news. We got a little bit of information about the Ahsoka series. Uh, not as much as I was expecting. Uh, we did see Ahsoka in a very different way, and that's the first trailer we're going to cover now, as there is a limited run, I think it's a six-episode series, series called Tales of the Jedi that is coming out, an uh, animated series on Disney+, Plus that appears to be done much in the same style as Clone Wars in terms of look with the animation. And from what I could gather out of this trailer... It is going to be telling parallel stories about the downfall of Count Dooku and the rise of Ahsoka. And if you had if you had told me that that was what we were going to choose as a parallel for a descent into the dark side and a rise to prominence on the light side, I don't know that I would have picked Ahsoka and Dooku. But because of this trailer. We're going to get all kinds of famous Jedi characters at different points. We're going to see some more Anakin Skywalker a la Clone Wars. We're going to see young Count Dooku. We're going to see young Qui-Gon Jinn. And that's really intriguing to me. Like this, this series didn't tell you a, a whole lot, but it certainly showed me enough to be like, I will make time to watch all six episodes. What about you, Dave? Oh, I'm fully in on this thing. I mean, and, and, and yeah, it may be running something parallel or trying to show the fall of one and the rise of, of the other, but they're clearly telling a, an origin story for Dooku and probably planting the seeds for why he fell to the dark side. And, and, you know, seeing Qui-Gon as a Padawan is important because it shapes, you know, how he approaches Obi-Wan in Phantom Menace. So you've got that you do. And it sounds like they got the same voice actors who did Anakin and Ahsoka in Clone Wars have come back. Um, Anakin giving Ahsoka some really heavy training and pushing her to her absolute limits. So that's cool. And then you, yeah, you get, you know, it, it's Ahsoka's kind of a little bit of uh, more background because we didn't really get, she just shows up one day in Clone Wars and there she is. She's Anakin's Padawan. But yeah, I mean, these are, these are characters that you care about. It, it just shows the depth of, of where star Wars can, can drill down into if they want to tell more stories, you know, uh, I didn't really think, Hey, yeah, Dooku, I forgot. He was a cool Jedi at one point. What happened to him? Well, now you're probably going to find out a little bit. So you got Mace Windu is in there. He's involved in this as well. 
So yeah, it looks like it's a limited run, um, and where it fits in in the grand scheme of things, I don't know, but I'm definitely all in on this thing. Tony, I'm not a big fan of the in between, you know, the the non animation kind of animation kind of thing. But I think it's so interesting in the fact that what you guys have brought up as the different storylines and all the big hitters you're going to hit on here. I think it's really important for people to check this out. It's six episodes. So if you're, it's all, if you want more dots connected in your brain, as we keep moving along with all this new star Wars coming out, it's a great place to go ahead and get a lot of great information from, especially a lot of the things Dave was talking about. And Patrick, like you said, I'm sure someone came in and said, what's the best way to grab all these heavy hitting characters inside of star Wars to go ahead and tell this story. Yeah, I think, um, I, like I said, I would have never guessed that this was the pairing that you were going to go with and, and the way that they did it. Uh, I really appreciate. And so, yeah, I, it was great to get a trailer and, and to actually see that. And we're going to, we're probably going to get another more detailed trailer a little bit later. Like that show still down the road from being released. We did also get uh, a trailer and I'm sorry, I didn't share this one guys. I forgot that it, it had dropped. I only shared the article, but we also got another animated series that will be getting its second season, the bad batch, which I, you know, the spiritual sequel to the clone wars following what happened to clones after the formation of the empire. Great. I thought it was a good, good, good first season. Once it kind of found its footing, you know, you've got these four clones that are, are outside of sort of the typical, clones that you'd seen in the prequel trilogy looking after Omega, who is kind of like a true clone uh, in the sense that, you know, they're, they're not aged rapidly or anything like that, that uh, is traveling with, with the bad batch Um, at the end, you know, it's season two, we got a trailer and I didn't, I didn't play it, but season two just sort of continues that story of these, these guys on the run trying to make money any way they can and survive in a post-clone world. And Tony, I don't know that you, you know, I know that you haven't been watching the other animated series. Um, I don't think you've watched the bad batch. Um, so I'll let you react to this first before I hand it over to Dave. I can tell you the little O'Dowd is very, very excited because we know all about how he feels about clones and clone troopers and whatnot. Yeah. And I respect that. I really do. I am a Jedi guy though. And, um, I think if you know enough about me, you might know why. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't, I've never been a big clone guy. So our clone wars were, didn't, what is my favorite part of star Wars? But what do I always say? You know, it's all star Wars, meaning that it's great to fill in the gaps and get a bigger picture of what's going on so i i don't have a ton to add here like i said also the the non-animation animation like as we just talked about and i think i hope you guys know what i mean when i say that i i don't know why but it's something you know very quirky dave give these people some real knowledge well i don't know about that first off i would definitely tell you tony the animated stuff especially clone wars and rebels is some of the best of star wars bar none absolutely um, including, and I don't, in, in, don't discount that. Yeah, I don't discount that. Um, Pat, I wanted to ask you: the Bad Batch aren't they the troopers who realized they had the uh, the chip and they got rid of the inhibitor chip so that they didn't have to follow Order sixty six? And it kind of goes right. From there. They, 
they um they're the bad batch because they one they don't operate within like during their like sort of trainings and sessions they like would fail all the time to reach clone status because they were so far down the cloning line that that they they were too independent to be good clones and then yes they four of them get rid of their inhibitor chip and one of them stays to try and prove himself as a value to the then formed empire uh once it once it comes about so and yeah I, there's a, there's some layers there yeah, and i think the trailer actually came out at star wars day i didn't th- i don't think they released anything new trailer wise at d23 other than they gave you a release date i thought um and i forget when they that, did it's january 20 it's uh, it's in january okay. i do believe yeah, I, I didn't see the first one. It, it's it's one of those ones. It's like okay, I gotta. I know I have to go and watch this, but uh, just you know, it, it's it's another casualty of the deluge of streaming stuff that's out there. That you know, trying to keep up with all this is very difficult and getting harder. Uh, but I've heard nothing but great things. I know Ray's very. I think Ray's had a lot of good things to say about the Bad Batch, and and um, I'm not surprised to see a season two. So more Star Wars, awesome. I won't complain. Right. And this, this is this time, you know, we, we, it's no secret on this show, how critical I am of star Wars. Like that is just a known entity when done, right. Love it. And the bad batch is one of those that I think has been done. Right. And so I lied. I said that it, it premiered, it was going to premiere in January. It actually, uh, according to Nerdist, is going to uh, premiere this fall on Disney Plus, and will be sixteen episodes long. So that's that's good stuff. Sixteen. That's a that's a good run. Well, well, it's well the Clone Wars series. was Clone Wars was twenty two episodes, except the last season. So. Right. Right. So I think they know that they got something there. Tell a bit. Tell a bit of a bigger story, and, and run from there. Okay. Before we get to the last trailer, I did want to. I would be remiss if I didn't mention. That we did get another Andor trailer at D23. I did not watch it, so I can't tell you anything that happened. I, I am interested in you. Of course, you did, Dave. So I'm going to turn it over to you and, and just let you full review what you thought of it. But I will say this: Tony, you talk about anything that makes the Star Wars universe bigger. Anything that shows me how the rebellion was born and formed, I'm interested in because that is the heart of my fandom when it comes to Star Wars. And Andor is definitely one of those that is showing the birth of the rebellion. Let me just clarify that real quick. Not necessarily bigger, more connected, more understandable. Sure. I hear you there. I think this is one of those series. Yeah, what I'll say about the trailer is that I mean, it just feels more. It's a series that I'm definitely excited. I can't, and we're only a couple weeks or like yeah, two weeks away from it coming out. But it has such a Rogue One feel to it, and I know it's made by the same people who did Rogue One. So shocking, but uh, it really feels when you watch the trailer and you see what's going on, it really feels like Rogue One, which I know is you and Pat, uh, you and me, Pat, were very uh high on i know that's your favorite star wars movie if i remember correctly so um of the new stuff yeah yeah, so the so the trailer has more that feel to it and it just looks like you're saying it's the origins of the rebellion it's that street level sort of thing and this this is how rebellions begin in this in this kind of you know on the street and so it's just more of that nothing earth shattering no big reveals but it's just more of the same and it just makes you feel like 
yeah, this is something I definitely want to uh, definitely want to see. Right. And yeah, just more Star Wars, more Star Wars in a way that, again, talk about building a greater world. These are the things that build a greater world. I wish that we could find somebody who could do as well after Return of the Jedi building a world as we have outside of the show that we're going to talk about now, which I think has done a pretty good job of building a world beyond Return of the Jedi. And that is we got our first look at season three of The Mandalorian. You're not a Mandalorian anymore. He is a clan of two, according to this trailer. And we saw Mandalorians everywhere. We got Bo-Katan back. We got to see Darksabers. We got to see what appears to be Mando, as we as we call him, Din, fleeing other Mandalorians. This looks like a whole new direction from where we are. And he's got Grogu right with him, his son. They call they straight up call him Grogu's father in this trailer multiple times. I um I loved the Mandalorian. I love that we started our coverage of shows with the Mandalorian. And you know, next next fall or not next fall, next year, when we get to talk about this in earnest, we're here for all of it. And, and I'm here for all of it. So with that, take it away, gents. Uh Tani, you go first this time. It looks like he's going to, you know, officially join the NMO, the new Mandalorian order, right? Where's Sasha Banks when you need her? Like the ones who can take their helmets off and put them back on. And my favorite, favorite fucking line from this trailer is, oh, sweetie, did you think your dad was the only Mandalorian? Yes. <laughs> I have, I can't wait. This is, this is, this is just more story. More, more, more. We talk about like old problems in Mandalorian lore and how everything was split and and everything was so divided. And we're gonna get to solving some of them problems, maybe, or at least facing them head on. I just here's here's what is. I see this trailer and I'm so excited for this. After the the rotten apple that was the book of Boba Fett in my mind. This, this is what, this is what I wanted. This is what I want. Give me what I want. I'm, I'm pleased. Dave, are you pleased? Play my song. Yeah, I, uh, I, Get my music. this trailer looks excellent. The Mandalorian season three looks excellent. I mean, you know, they complaints about the book of Boba Fett, notwithstanding, it does continue the story that we got in the book of Boba Fett. And, and now you see Bo-Katan has, uh, she's taken whatever she was given and kind of gained control over some segment of this. Yeah, Mando gets extra, uh, you know, he gets uh, extradited, sort of, or, or ex- kicked out of the excommunicated. Man. excommunicated. I would say he was excommunicated. He, yeah. was, he is out you with his out. clan. You took off your helmet, you're gone. So, yeah, it, it's probably going to be a redemptive arc of some sort for, for Mando in a different variety. But, yeah, the Bo-Katan aspect of things is, is really going to be fascinating to see, you know, how she how she came to power, who is in power with her, where is she in power, and how does this fit into the greater Star Wars universe. But, yeah, the, the trailer looks awesome. Can't wait. For you kids out there, Mando gets canceled. Oh, Jesus. You know what? No, you know what? Hold up. Stop. Mando gets canceled. Oh, yeah. 
don't try to connect with the youngsters. You're just not there anymore. You're wearing a Lutheran shirt, for God's sake. Get off my lawn, motherfucker. Get back on your lawn. That's all I got to say, sir. Sit on your porch in your rocker. All right. Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> with a Bartles and James, none of that Miller Lite shit. I could do a Bartles and James. Ugh. ugh what's wrong with you? Um, From Wisconsin. Gentlemen. I think those are the four. Those are the four big highlights out of out of Star Wars news. We did learn that there is a, a Ezra Bridger has, has been cast uh, and will be showing up in the Ahsoka series. Um, I'm excited to see Ezra Bridger uh, in live action form. And the guy that they cast, like Dead Ringer, kind of looks like he at least looks the part. So excited about that, Dave. Tony, was there anything else out of the uh, Star Wars panel that you felt was was noteworthy or worth talking uh, before we go to our final commercial break and what I would say is a rare third commercial break for bandwagon nerds. I think we got it all. Dave, yeah, I think Dave I, saying no, I don't think we missed anything. I mean, the Ezra news is, is interesting because I wonder if they're going to use Ahsoka to answer the question as to where he went. And, you know, now you got to figure out, okay, Probably. who's going to be, who's going to be cast as Thrawn because he vanished with Thrawn and a bunch of force whales. So we'll see. Bunch of force wells. That's right. Um, interestingly enough, I, I was surprised at the the lack of Ahsoka news, much like I was surprised of the lack of certain other news in the panel that we'll talk about after the commercial break. And with that in mind, we are going to head into our third and final commercial break. Before we get into our recorded commercials, though, I do want to remind everyone that if you love what we do here at uh, thechairshot.com and you love the content that we put out on your internet airwaves every single day. The best way to support us is to head over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot and invest in one of our mini chair shot shirts. Rep the brand. We have all kinds of shirts for you to choose from. Everything from a bandwagon nerd shirt to chair shot logos to sayings from shows to just making fun of Greg DeMarco because that's what we do and everybody hates Greg. It's all there. For you the shirts are only $19.99 but if you're feeling fancy want something that feels nice on your giblets spend a few dollars more get it soft style your body will thank you we love putting this content out for you each and every day and the best way to support us and to keep us going is to make sure that we grow and you can help us grow by putting our name out there being a billboard for us by heading over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot and investing in a chair shot shirt when we come back we're going to wrap up with all of the marvel cinematic universe news from d23 you are listening to bandwagon nerds here on the chair shot radio network a part of the chairshot.com why should you visit the chairshot.com the chairshot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews news opinion and analysis with attitude why because you're smarter than the average fan TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.
That's right. Even the dogs know we're going to talk about Marvel. They come running in. They're yapping. They're like, talk about Black Panther. Talk about Thunderbolts. Talk about Secret Invasion. Talk about Fantastic Four. And guess what? We're going to talk about all four of those. Because we can't. And probably have some time to wistfully talk about things that didn't get announced. Things that were announced that we just didn't go. Here's the thing. The Kevin Feige presentation at D23, you you know, Tony talked about catching up with Ray's posts in the DM thread. I get like, they just kept telling you shit more and like so, so much, so, so much. But they kicked it off with the next Marvel Cinematic Universe film to hit theaters, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. We got another update. More footage was shown. Again, footage exclusive to the D23 audience, not to the mass audience. It's probably out there because I know how the world works and the internet works. If you really have a hankering to see it, you go search that on your own time. What I did share with these guys, much like I did with Indiana Jones, was the article of somebody describing what they saw to the masses. And the first thing that came to mind as I as I read through this footage, and that is the most interesting, is we got a bigger picture, I think, into the conflict surrounding Black Panther and that we are Wakanda in particular, and that we're going to acknowledge T'Challa's death and that the vacuum his death has created has now led other nations to believe that Wakanda is vulnerable and going after Vibranium. And that is where we find ourselves at the start of this series. And then it's intimated in the description of the footage that the whole reason the Atlanteans and Namor are coming after Wakanda is because of the burden that has been placed upon them because of T'Challa's decision to reveal the, the existence of Wakanda to the world. And from there, we have our story. Tony, I'm going to start with you. Your reaction to this news and how much more hyped can we be for Wakanda Forever at this point? About two I, months away. Yeah, it's going to be great. I, I think... I, just the one thing I want to bring up is let's not forget how important Wakanda is in the overall scheme of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and its storytelling. Because how many times does it come into play outside of its own? You know, it, it's something that what's besides the next Black Panther movie, you have to think that that's going to set up some kind of wakanda involvement in something extremely important whether it's avengers or you know we're gonna get the secret invasion or, or things of that nature right i mean there's there's just always so much more to what's happening there than just what's happening there dave yeah i uh i mean what they're describing is you know it sounds like at the beginning they acknowledge t'challa's death we still don't know the circumstances of that, but I'm sure that'll be explained. But like you're saying, there's the belief that Wakanda is vulnerable. And apparently uh, the world is pissed off at Wakanda for hiding this from them for so long because, you know, that's what predominantly white governments do. What? You hid something from us. Now we're pissed. And they go and they try and take the vibranium. And uh, I guess Okoye and the Dora Milaje beat the hell out of these people who try to take it from him and, and say, and basically it's just like the rock 
standing up there saying bring it is queen ramonda <laughs> her, her response to this attempt to uh take their vibranium but yeah there's more stuff about namor um you know i guess baku tries to bash him over the back and it doesn't work out so well so that's gonna be cool to see that conflict it's still not clear whether namor is the villain or whether it's the rest of the world that's a villain i'm leaning more towards the latter at this point but uh yeah i it's it sounds like um, you know this is batman versus super like without 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 martha hopefully right they're gonna be at odds until they're not at odds that's what's going to happen here. Right. That's, and it, and it, that's the story. And it really depends that's who okay. the new Black Panther is. That's a fun story to tell. It is. And it depends who the new Black Panther is as to how that uh, that all gets it's played. Shuri. I mean, it's Shuri. Probably, I would imagine. But uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to see this movie. It's uh, it, it's going to be pretty epic. Like Tony says, Wakanda is hugely important in, in the MCU going forward. Right. So how they're going to get from point A to point B is going to be this the story the most integral part of this atlantis is equally as important to the mcu apparently and we're finally getting there so yeah it it sounds amazing right i think there are two two very significant important threads in this next phase that that we always need to pay attention to The, the first one is Wakanda and specifically like vibranium and technology because Wakanda forever is going to directly lead to Ironheart. That was part of, of that presentation. The Wakanda forever panel ends. Ryan Coogler stays on the stage to talk Riri Williams and Ironheart and how that all connects. We know Riri is in Wakanda forever. So that, that tie of vibranium and the technological growth on earth in the MCU that's thread number one. Thread number two, and I'm actually regretting that we didn't talk about this more. We have plenty of time on the show today, so we can if we want, is the quantum realm and Ant-Man and Kang. Because Kang Kang showed up in a couple of different places at D23. Kang showed up in the Ant-Man trailer, you know, Ant-Man panel, and then was also part of the Loki panel as Kang is everywhere. And it's really interesting if you read some of the, again, the description of the footage from Ant-Man Quantumania. But those are the two threads, right? The quantum realm and, and vibranium slash Wakanda slash technology. Those are the big two. Dave, I know you were really hopeful that you were going to get more news on this franchise than we're going to talk about now. But you didn't. And that's the Fantastic Four. Speaking of technological growth and advances... We know a Fantastic Four movie is coming. We still don't have any casting announcements. What we do have is a director. And I think this is a good director. If there's one thing that we've said about Marvel over and over and over, they seem to hit the right notes. And it was announced to D23 that Matt Shackman, last seen helping launch WandaVision, is on tap to direct the MCU's Fantastic Four film. I think that's a home run decision. I think WandaVision was fantastic. I think we all agreed WandaVision was fantastic. Seems like when you got a mind that can make that sort of a fantastic film, yes, it is not an accident that I'm using fantastic over and over again. It feels like the right guy. Dave, is it the right guy? 
He's as good as any, as far as I can tell. I mean, and when you look at uh, that is not that is not an endorsement, <laughs> sir. I, I mean, I, I look at the Fantastic Four and compare it to Wandavision, and I'm like, well, yeah, if he could pull off Wandavision, he can pull this off. But yeah, like you're saying, I was I was think Ray and I were both a little disappointed we didn't get casting news as to who they're actually casting. But you know, as we've said so many times on this podcast, the MCU doesn't make bad casting decisions. I will tell you a rumor that is going around right now. Now, take this with massive, huge amounts of grain of salt. But there's a rumor that one of our, well, one of my favorites has been cast or is being thought of cast as Victor Von Doom. Who? who, who? There's, there, there's a rumor Henry Cavill might be cast as Victor Von Doom. Past Are you going to be able to, to not carry it around? Dave, you're not a credible source. Dave. I, it's okay. not me. I read it at somewhere. I mean, I, I don't know. Hold on. How honey, 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 wait a second, though. Hold on. I got, I got, I got Dave covered because plans could change. Plans could change. Uh, yeah. Here's the thing. Henry Cavill, Henry Cavill would be a good doctor. Do like, I think he would be a good doctor. I, I mean, I, I, looked, uh, I, I looked at the article. I said, yeah, that, that might work. I mean, when buckets you think- of salt. Buckets. The, yeah. the, here's the thing that I really hope they don't do whenever they do cast Victor Von Doom. Don't do what the Fantastic Four movie franchises have done. He did, we don't need, we don't see his face. Doom does not like. No, this is why. This is one reason I don't love casting Henry Cavill. Yes, see his face because I hate to admit it. He's a handsome man. Actually, I don't hate to admit it. I'll admit it. I find Henry Cavill very attractive. If Henry if Henry Cavill approached me and said, Patrick, wanna 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 tussle? Yes, please and thank you. And then I'd brag about it to you three on the show. Because you know, <laughs> Ray's not here, but Ray would hear about it too. I'd too be telling strong. everybody, I'd be shouting it from the mountaintops. I would be on the phone with the inquirer, being like, I am in bed with Henry Cavill right now. You know why? Because he's pretty. He's very pretty. He could punch me in the face any day of the week. It's so it's okay. Don't act like you don't. You, you you want some of that action too. You want a little cavalry in you. It's okay. I don't. I don't. You do. It's okay. Get a little get a little witcher in you. Get in touch with your feelings, Tony. It's okay. But I mean, were you guys hug a cavalry? Yeah. Still back on the Little Mermaid with Halle Bailey. Were you guys expecting more from Fantastic Four news than than what we got? I mean, the directors. I mean, that's no, obviously a huge not, first. Not step. even a little bit. I think that when you looked at every single bit of rumor and and talk of. All the stuff that they said was going to to be a thing, like that was going to be announced, that no. They have so much in front of this Fantastic Four movie still to go. You don't I know you want a cast, you don't need a cast. It's not about what I want anyway. So it's about what Tony wants. I know. It's about what Tony wants. Tony Tony, what about you? Uh, what do you want out of Fantastic Four news? I the fact that I'm right that John Krasinski won't be playing a role in this movie. <laughs> I think maybe you can, they're hedging I, their bet a little bit. I don't know. Can you connect any dots with the director being named as to who could be playing these parts? I mean, I I, I love the director. I mean, I love Game of Thrones, so you know, I think we can get a decent story here. I know that that's completely two different things and obviously two different worlds, but, but I think you can always kind of you know feel it out and there's always going to be familiarity with someone that's had success right yeah uh, I, I haven't done enough digging on the guy outside of his WandaVision work to know um, 
enough about about what to who who could who could be there. But uh, I don't know. Dave, what about you? What do you think? Oh gosh, just based on based on the director. God, I mean, no, nothing that nothing that jumps out and stands out. Like, yeah, that'd be a logical choice. Um, I don't know. I mean, is there any possibility Amelia Clark could be Sue Storm? I mean, maybe that has some traction, but no, no. Why are you saying no? That is not going to be her character. Stop that. You're fired. You know, hold on. I got to get to the soundboard. That was that take. Just, just not a good take. No, 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 no. Okay, well, let's talk about some cast that we do know about. Because we did get, in what is kind of the least surprising news out of uh, of news out there, we did get a photo, and that was basically the casting announcement for the Thunderbolts. And who will be there for the Thunderbolts? And man alive, this is a who's who. We've got Sebastian Stan back as the Winter Soldier. We've got Florence Pugh back as Yelena Belova. We've got David Harbour back as Red Guardian, who, by the way, very entertaining. If you haven't seen it, was one of my favorite parts of the Black Widow movie. Wyatt Russell is back as U.S. Agent. Hannah John Kamen is back as Ghost. Olga Kurilenko. That's a mouthful as Taskmaster and Julie Louis Dreyfus, Elaine herself, back as Contessa, which none of this news is a surprise. But Tunny, celebrate with an Elaine dance that nobody can see and tell us your thoughts on officially, officially having the cast for Thunderbolts announced. It's funny because I like don't know anything about thunderbolts really and, and what it all means and everything so this morning i'm, I'm going through the rundown and i'm looking at that picture and then i'm reading who's on there and i'm like fuck let's go i'm i'm like i'm ready to go for this one and uh i i don't have much more to add to the conversation so nerd away my friends well i, I just to, just to educate the the bandwagon nerd on the show today you, you did you see the suicide squad of course this is basically Marvel's version of the suit. Villains, kind of what I figured. Villains kind of being coerced into doing bad, uh, bad guys doing good guy things. Basically, is is what is what it is. Like I'm a sucker for a great cast, right? So like right. that gets me going right away. And in their most recent in, incarnations in the comic book, and I'm reading this straight off an article, is that it's heroes actually trying to redeem the Thunderbolts name, which is kind of an interesting take on the whole thing. My personal favorite version of the Thunderbolts was when Norman Osborn was in charge of it, and they were basically—it was basically the dark before it became the Dark Avengers. Norman Osborn was running the Thunderbolts, and that—that that was a good incarnation. Dave, your thoughts on this cast, this announcement, this sort of this was confirmation, right? Like this was just confirmation of what we knew and wanted, and so you react, sir. Well, the cast is great. Uh, the 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 group that they put together. I don't know. You probably know better than I do. Has, has that group actually appeared in the comics? Because it seems like part of it is stuff we see no, in the comics. No, and, no, no, no. And part of it is the stuff that they've thrown together because reasons and why not. I mean, some some of them have been in Thunderbolts, but not all of them. 
Like Taskmaster has definitely been a part of the right, Marvel. right, and and I mean it's interesting to me that you know you've got uh, Winter Soldier, and you've got U.S. Agent who spent a whole series trying to kill each other basically are now going right. to be in the same group, and you got to figure Bucky's going to be the one in charge. I would imagine, which is I'm cool with that because I want to see more of his story, and and he's got such a leadership role in in other aspects of. Uh, of Marvel that I think it'd be great, but yeah, it, it's, it's kind of like, it's like, wow, this is a hodgepodge put together group that feels like you said, very suicide squadish, which, um, I, I mean, I, I'm okay with that. I, I think if anybody can pull it off better than DC did, it's probably Marvel of course, but yeah, I, I mean, you've got tremendous talent and, and, and tremendous personalities and people, all of them, any of them can carry the show on their own. Um, so I think it's going to be a really fun, Show I, I imagine it might have some elements like She Hulk, maybe a more comedic take on things. We'll see, but I it it's definitely got me interested. But will it be comedic though? I mean, yeah, it will because Julie Louis Dreyfus, the way she's been playing that character from the start, I can't. I don't even know why I asked that question. Uh, you know, it's not going to be goofy comedic, but it will be like like her brand of comedy in the way because she's been over the top in her portrayal from the get-go. Like, I don't even know why I asked that question that way. So I guess my question is, who are they going after? I want to know. I want to know what they're doing. Power broker, possibly. I mean, maybe Sharon Carter's involved in this somehow. Um, I don't know. Oh, that's a good call. Especially with Sebastian Stan. That makes a lot of, a lot of sense. Yelena Belova. Uh, that that makes a lot of sense. There is a lot of there is some good connection there. Some good Captain America Winter Soldier thing. You know, we also didn't talk about you know Captain America New World Order. Maybe there's something connected there as well that could that could do it. Um, it does look so. I'm looking at who the script. The script is actually being written by uh, Eric Pearson, who was involved in Black Widow. So this is. Um, You've got elements of all those groups going on, so they could really borrow right. from either or um which you know i'm trying to think who could be a common enemy for both of them that's that's a tough one maybe it's zemo maybe because yeah. one of the things that people are reacting to is the fact that zemo isn't actually on the team you know what i mean yeah, like yeah. people were surprised because Z- baron zemo has also been one that um who's it what's it oh, i'm sorry i'm losing my train of thought um he was a member of the Thunderbolts. Like he was the leader of the Thunderbolts for a long time. So it is a little interesting to, uh, to see that she's not in there, but, uh, or that he's not in there. So who knows? It could be, I, I will say I'm just excited in what is the least surprising surprise, you know, announcement of D 23 still good to see and good to just have that news there. All right, so the last thing that I have in the MCU conversation before I just kind of hand it over to the two of you to see if there's anything else you want to note is we're only an hour and a half into the show, guys. We made great time. We made great time for the D23 episode. We did get our first teaser trailer of Secret Invasion. I can honestly say this is one of the first times an MCU trailer has managed to both excite and disappoint me at the same time. Is that weird? And let me tell you, and let me explain why. It excited me because yes, I'm here for this story, and we got some we got some footage and some reveals. I really, and maybe they're just saving this, but I really wanted 
a hero to show up and turn into a scroll. Like, I just wanted that footage to be there. And all they did, they teased it with that scene in the trailer where they're walking through, like, what looked like the cocoons. Those have got to be scrolls being turned into uh, sleeper people, agents, heroes. I, I just, the big moment that kicks off Secret Invasion in the comics, and again, MCU may be going in a completely different direction, its own direction here, because that's what they do is Spider-Woman dies. Or not Spider-Woman. Um, is it Electra? Uh, trying to remember who it was. Electra. Uh, yeah, it's Electra, because Spider-Woman is the one who gets chosen to be, is who the queen of the scrolls are. But Electra dies, and her body reverts to a scroll, scroll form, and nobody knew. Like, they were like, I thought that was Electra. And that's like this huge moment, and that's when we're like, whoa, what's going on here? We got a problem. So, trailer got me hyped. Also disappointed, mostly because, as Greg would say, the trailer didn't play everything that was on my playlist. But can't wait to watch. I can't wait for this series. Can't wait to see where it goes. And then this is going to go and go right into Armor Wars with Don Cheadle and his own vehicle. So, Tunny, trailer, you watched it right before the show. That's right, I'm outing you. What did you think of the trailer? And what do you, you want to know about Secret Evasion? Because I'm assuming you ever read the comics. I, I love the trailer. Um, I'm glad that we're going to get Sam Jackson in there, you know, being the star of what he needs to be because he's not that young anymore. <laughs> I mean, just being realistic. Right. Um, so can't wait for that. I think to your point of, of not seeing a bigger kind of reveal or just being given a bigger name kind of thing. I would always rather be undersold than to see. I, I, there's so many times I'm like, damn it. I wish there's things I wouldn't have seen before I seen this movie. So in that space, yes, we've talked a lot about this. So I'm very familiar of what a scroll can actually do and what he can't portray or he, she can't portray or what it cannot also do. So I don't know. I'm just honestly just can't wait to see the way this story is going to be told and, and, and much like star Wars too. It's like, and we talked about this with, um, Wakanda and, 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 and maybe even more so with Thunderbolts we should have is how is this leading into what we're doing in the future here? Because Marvel's been so well connected, Dave. Yeah. The, um, the thing with the scrolls is that in the comics, they're portrayed as mostly bad guys. And, and as they were portrayed in captain Marvel, the sympathetic, uh, outcasts, who've been, you know, <laughs> another group excommunicated from their home world by the Kree. So this has kind of taken this back to, uh, you know, back to the base, so to speak, and, and kind of intimating that the scrolls are, are not these innocent, nice, doing everything for the benefit of humankind sort of creatures that they were portrayed in Captain Marvel. And, and, and you get that distinct feeling, especially people like us who've read this stuff and know that, yeah, you know, scrolls are a big problem. So I think that it showed enough to get you interested. It probably like Pat saying, it didn't check off all the boxes that you wanted, but you know, it's, it's right off the bat where you see Nick Fury, you know, everything's been going to voicemail for years. Yeah. Well, this one's different and asking Don Cheadle, do you know who do you, how much you know about your security detail intimating that the scrolls have already infiltrated everything. And it's a question of, you know, how 
how deep does that infiltration go? So yeah, it's going to be a mix like everything else the MCU does a mix of, of their own ideas and what was in the comics. And this, this is one of those series that probably lends itself very well to that. So I'm looking forward to seeing more from this. This is a really good start. Yeah, I agree. Um, I just wait. I, I, yeah, the thing that I, that I'll, I'll just go back to, I was hoping for kind of like you and your fantastic four footage. I wanted more secret invasion, but I will say my, I think my favorite, uh, my favorite bit out of the trailer is Colby Smolders in the opening being like, I've called you dozens of times and left you voicemails and you, or I've called you dozens of times when the world has been in crisis and you've been content to let those go to voicemail. And he's like, well, this is different. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was pretty good. Nick Fury answers to no one, not even Maria Hill. Okay. So those are the four highlights for me out of D23. We did not get any X-Men news. We did not get any Deadpool news, which everybody thought that there was going to be a Deadpool announcement. Did not happen. Brian Reynolds is too busy with Rex MFC, by the way. Apparently so. Very true. Um, we did get more information about the Marvels. That came up late after I had uh, hit my uh, send on the rundown, so I didn't add it. They also talked about that Halloween special, the the like Werewolf Within yeah, special that's, that's, that's coming in October, weird, or whatever it's called. Weird trailer. I was like, what is going on here? I, I was gonna and ask it's got you, Man Thing. What's that? It's got Man Thing. Yeah, I, I don't, and I'm wondering if, if I was going to throw this out to you guys after watching that trailer. Do you think this could be a way that they bring in something like Dracula or Blade or something like that through a, a, a limited run like this? Well, you already know Blade's out there. Blade's already showed up in Eternals. But I do think it does bring up that horror movie part of of Marvel that is this interesting part of Marvel's history that like Marvel had its own sort of horror comic niche uh, that then led to like Marvel has its own version of Dracula. Blade is a part of that. It does have its own version of werewolves, which, by the way, some of them are mutants. But uh, just just some of the things that popped up there were, were very, very interesting to me, but not enough for me to share it on the rundown and, and want to go into it at the trailer because it feels like a one-off until it's not. Now, I think I should have learned my lesson by now that maybe there's no such thing as an MCU one-off because I thought What If was a one-off and that wasn't right. And um, so... I could be I could be wearing egg on my face in a month when this when this show hits uh, hits the streaming, but uh, no no yeah I um I, I do think it is a way to bring in that element of Marvel Comics to the MCU. I think that is a good observation. That looks uh, fun, other things that maybe you wanted. Well, were there any other highlights or anything else that you saw? Any other news bits that came out of D twenty three from the MCU that you felt? needed to be shared i like i said the marvels was late yeah we, um, and we I, got we got a teaser for echo which is uh kind of daredevil yeah. heavy i think they got some more born again news which uh that's particularly surprising what they're talking about there 16 18 episodes that's crazy like I, that's a show and, that is a show and i mean like tying into your you know secret invasion the discussion if, if born again comes first you wonder if they're going to introduce electra in the born again series to then kind of lead her into who is dead. Yeah, exactly. So that's going to be, those are the ones that I kind of picked up on the werewolf by night thing. The, uh, the, uh, you know, Marvels, they talk about echo kind of a teaser. 
Um, yeah, and just kind of surprised. Nothing about really surprised about Deadpool since they added that to Disney Plus to all that uproar, and then to do nothing with it seems kind of surpri- very surprising, disappointing to say the least. Tony, I don't even know if you had a chance to really follow up on anything else outside of what we put out there, but any other D twenty three stuff that we didn't talk about that maybe you wish we had? No. There. I was really uh, there was a lot of shit. And that fucking DM when I got off the golf course and yes, yeah, so was, uh, many really posts hard to and... sit there and go through everything. But you know, right. I mean, hey, it, we're just we're living in a golden era right now. So you know, soak right. up the Dis- Disney really does rule entertainment at this point. Like you just and and there you're right. There's so many things we didn't talk about. Like yeah, things I, that things that I just didn't of, care about. I didn't get anything on the next season of The World According to Jeff Goldblum. Really disappointed. Sorry to hear that, but you did get uh, you did get your first look at the the Santa Clauses. Uh, we got an announcement of a Lion King preview talk or prequel uh, for for Mufasa. Avatar showed some more footage, and nobody cared. How do you guys Apparently, feel about the Lion King thing going back and giving the prequel? That's know, a big that's man. that's one of the biggest Disney animated movies of all time. Right, and I get why they're I get why they're telling that story because Mufasa, as a character, particularly in the cartoon in the animated series, is is sort of like he he's revered and respected and is 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 feared as as an entity. So seeing how he got there, I I could see that being a, a story that they'd want to tell. Let me tell people to look at this story being from a different aspect, right? You're not going to get the story of Mufasa before the Lion King. You're going to get the story of Mufasa and Scar before the Lion King. And that sure. is very interesting. Yeah, that's fair. Like, I, I think that there's a market for it. Uh, and I'll probably watch it because I love the Lion King. Like, I can't even pretend like I'm, I, I won't. But favorite. I, I just was, I was surprised by that announcement. And, and I did, like, I talked about this before, like, sort of, the whole like land of nostalgia going on um, when it comes to Disney properties. This does, that's, I guess my only thing is it does kind of feel like a cash in on nostalgia, which sure that's, that's what we do in entertainment now and probably what we've done in entertainment for years. And I've just ignored it, but uh, I was just, I was surprised by that one. Uh, We didn't mention the leader is returning and will be showing up in captain America, new world order. Just, there's just so much stuff, so much stuff. And so we've talked about this before. We're living in Disney's world and Disney reminded us of that on, on D23. And so buckle up kids. It's going to be quite the ride moving forward. I think that's going to do it guys. I think that's going to do it for this week's edition of bandwagon nerds. Before we get out of here though, only three of us, but tell folks where they can find you, the OGs, on the socials and on the Chair Shot Radio Network. And this week, we will go with Mr. Saturday Night, the live studio audience first, PC Tony. Yeah, just uh, continue to listen to everything Chair Shot Radio Network. All of your favorite streaming platforms, everything on the network is right there for you. <laughs> Thechairshot.com, always use your head, prowrestlingtees.com forward slash thechairshot. Follow me at PC Tony. That Chair Shot 100 be coming at you. I'm excited for it, even though I did not participate in it okay by choice by the way not not because i wasn't invited 
before it, uh, Tony did no wrong here. Uh, I, I said, yeah, I don't want to do that. Anyway, live studio, or not live studio audience. Oh my gosh, that's embarrassing. Uh, Six Flags theme park enthusiast and lawyer, David Ungar. Tell them how to find you on the Chair Shot Radio Network and in the socials. You can find me on Twitter at Attitude Ag, that is at Attitude A-G-G, and on Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. And remember, we do not share bank accounts with our mothers. Just throwing that out there. Oh, my mom's got a lot of money. I'd like to get in on that. <laughs> oh, golly. And you can follow me on the Twitter at Wrestling Realist. That is at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. I am on the Chairshot Radio Network every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Mondays here on the bandwagon. Tuesdays with David Ungar doing Chairshot Radio, although no CSR this week. Bowling and sleep took precedence. And on Wednesday, talking wrestling with Greg DeMarco and Miranda Morales. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Now get yourself out of the basement, get some sun, and scroll through the 900 billion news bites that came out of D23. It was a big one. And remember, we don't live in this world. We live in Disney's world. You have been listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of the ChairShot.com. Just I don't want to prejudice my experiment. I'll let you know in the morning. I came here to save you. Oh yeah? And who's gonna come to save you, Junior? I told you. Don't call me Junior. Look what you did! You can't believe what you did! Good afternoon, Dr. Jones. I ought to kill you right now. Not a very private place for a murder? Well, these Arabs don't care if we kill each other. They're not going to interfere in our business. We are going to die!
never, ever marks this spot. And X marks the spot. Come on. Meet me at Omar's. Be ready for me. I'm going after that truck. Oh. I don't know. I'm making this up as I go. I'm allowing you to tag along. So why don't you give your mouth a rest? Okay, doll? It's not always shared. It's disgraceful. You're old enough to be her, her, her grandfather. What, Miss Human is the next man? I was the next man. <laughs> Ships that pass in the night. Me? What's your mom's name again? Mary? Mary Williams, you remember her? Heard a lot of Mary's, kid.